It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Niler 9 podcast. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. It's time. I've, I've, I've had this on my phone for that long that it's about time I use this. Uh, uh, it is the... <laughs> unbelievable. Episode 100. <laughs> Here we are. Well, it's myself and Andrea back once again. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited for this um, very special moment in our lives. Um, 100 episodes. Hitting a century is always nice. Um, it is. Well, last week we did not know what we were going to be doing, but uh, it soon became clear last Friday which album we'd be talking about. Uh, is we, On this episode, we're going to be basically talking about Taylor Swift's eighth album, Folklore, which was surprise released with like very short notice last Friday, uh, produced by Aaron Desner of The National. It is... Uh, a, a strikingly different album for Taylor Swift and one that we will be getting into um, as our album of the week and we'll also have songs of the week as well. But first, what's been going on in terms of uh, internet music news and the live music industry? Obviously, the last few weeks we've been talking a lot about the live music industry and the lack of gigs and the restrictions in place. At the moment, though, a lot of the conversations are actually about um the idea that the live music sector needs to be supported in Ireland and um, by the government directly or it's going to f- completely fail altogether. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch any of the songs from an Empty Room on Saturday? I did. I didn't catch the all event. of it, but I caught, um, say I caught about half an hour, 45 minutes of it. It was absolutely brilliant. I, I think it was real. It was a real um, um, showcase for 
you know, the potential that we have for a primetime slot for Irish music on RTE. Um, I, I think it, it could absolutely work. I don't see why why we can't commission people to to do this more often um, in the pandemic or otherwise. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole broadcast was there to raise money for workers in the live music uh, event industry, the likes of Picture This, Gavin James, Soleil, James Vesmore, the Kroners, the Kroners, <laughs> <laughs> the Coronas, uh, Denise Chyla, uh, Mother and more were there. But a lot of the stories in the back, uh, in between, and a lot of the artists like Brezzy talking about the importance of their crew, the people who work on the, the front line of the back line, as I keep saying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these people that need to be supported. Uh, and then this week, you know, you two donated 200,000 to the cause and then a further 200,000 plus was donated. Uh, the Blizzards themselves donated five grand uh, to these uh, two funds, which is Mining Creative Minds, which is essentially a, a counselling service for people who work in the music business. And right now, there's a lot of people who work in the music business who currently are in ribbons about what, what they're supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to be. And uh, the government isn't making it easy mm-hmm. at the moment because they have been essentially saying that if you are the kind of person who's working in an industry like the music industry, which has been uh, the first to close and probably the last to reopen, um, then you're basically, as soon as the government came in six weeks ago, it was pretty much like battening down the hatches in terms of the pandemic unemployment payment, which started at 350 for everybody and is going to be reduced over time. Some people have got it reduced already to 203 per week based on their 2018 income uh, revenue and stuff like that. Um, but the big thing here is that like the whole point about this, they're going to reduce this from 350 to 300 to 250 to 203, depending on what you are in. But they also added a clause that says you have to be genuinely seeking work, which stuck in a lot of people's craw this week, because if you're in an industry that's not been told you're not allowed to work because of the public health regulations, are they expecting us to just fake off yeah. and leave an industry and then have nothing left? And it's that kind of, again, it's that level of disdain for anybody who isn't in a job that has a pension and benefits and um is on the straight and narrow and these are the same people who would be like oh you know isn't it great to see normal people getting all those emmy nominations and it's like well they were doing that today yep saw them at it me martin tweeting about that today and you're like absolutely same thing lads same thing um did you read una malali's piece on the irish times today about it no, I did not. It's, it's excellent. F- fully recommend going going to read it. You can you can feel the anger kind of coming off the page or the as as it were. Um, she she just she puts it brilliantly. Um, because I'm I'm actually too angry to even voice thoughts on it. I just I just I just can't believe that they can be this uh this blasé about people's livelihoods. It's, yeah, I've well, it's, I spent my entire shame. week instead. Instead of writing about new music, I've essentially spent my entire week writing uh, so far. It's now Wednesday. I spent every day writing about this uh, stuff mm-hmm. um, and why the industry is. And, but the same thing is like the same for myself. Say I'm a self-employed person. Uh, anybody who who's self-employed, you're kind of querying. They changed the wording on the eligibility for the uh 
pandemic unemployment payment. It used to say it has been significantly, if your trading income has been significantly reduced. And then suddenly yesterday it said if it has ceased. So it's like, okay, which is it? Mm-hmm. Like I had to, I rang my accountant today and he was like, look, they just keep changing it. We don't know what's going on. Um, so we like, you kind of have to operate as if, you know, take the work if there's some offer to you, mm-hmm. but you know, but like you, you can't really get off the pup for now. And like as things are, it's not like you know this is the kind of ignorance again. It's like not you can't just turn back on a tap. Yes, uh, because you're. It's not like you're going back into a workplace that suddenly starts up again. It's yeah. like self-employed people and people in the gig economy or the crack economy, as people are calling it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, these jobs don't come in like every week. They come in once off here and there and then they build up over time and that's how you make your living. And and the very idea as well that you're conflating people who are on, uh, who ha- have a very successful uh, business, uh, who want to work with people who are on uh, a job seekers benefit, which is totally valid. It's just a lot of that stuff, like today with the announcement that 400,000 plus has been allocated from the Songs for Empty Room event to um, those uh, funds. They've also, uh, Epic, who put on the Songs from Empty Room, also asked to review the new restrictive amendments to the wage subsidy scheme, uh, to review the impending reduction in the pandemic unemployment payment, which I just mentioned, and then other things, including the parameters that they keep amending. And there's a whole other thing about the people who are traveling abroad. It's a usual shit show. Again, we're six weeks into a, a Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, uh, joint uh, Greens coalition, and it's already uh, looking more like much more of a fiasco than I, w- I would have expected at this point six yeah. weeks in. It's it's, it's so. pretty grim. Um, it's it's pretty grim. If you who would you risk, Dre, of getting coronavirus to go see? Uh, if you were given the option right now, this this week, this weekend, say it's uh, it's it's only me getting the virus. I can't pass it on to anyone else. I can't become contagious. I just have to get the virus. Well, is it? Your risk. Who would you risk getting this go in the, to see a band this weekend? Beyonce. Okay. Will you yeah. settle for the chain smokers? <laughs> because two thousand other people did. Um, a charity concert happened in Saturday night in the Hamptons, that uh, luxurious place, uh, featuring performances from the chain smokers. And for some reason, and this, every report I've seen has said this, a DJ who was also a chief executive of Goldman Sachs. Um, so this event has drawn like widespread outrage for the. Fact I bet that he's a banging DJ. I'm sure I bet, he is. I bet he's just um, really got his finger on the pulse. DJ Desol, his name is David Solomon. So, of course, it's called Desol. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the event has drawn a lot of criticism and it's now under public investigation from uh, the New York Public Health uh, because a, uh, it didn't seem like there was a lot of social distancing going on. Now, let's get this. This sounds like something like the uh, fire festival is being put on in a small place in the Hamptons. The concert was called Safe and Sound and it's billed as a drive-in <laughs> that alone. music ex- Yeah. Drill build as a, a drive-in music experience in the famous summer spot the Hamptons. Blah blah blah, right? Uh is in a town of Southampton. Um the concert uh package ticket package started at eight hundred and fifty dollars and went up to twenty five thousand dollars, which if you did if you did 
buy that VIP ticket, it would include an RV. All the profits apparently went to local charities, which is good. 2,000 people did actually attend it. Uh, it was produced by Luxury Travel and Lifestyle Agency in the No Experiences and pre- presented by a tequila brand, So, uh, who, of which these chain smokers are, a, are stakeholders in. So, <laughs> so they... Uh, this this came out on Monday or over the weekend, and uh, uh, the uh, New York's health commissioner, Howard A. Zucker, wrote that he was greatly disturbed by reports showing that thousands of people standing close together and generally not adhering to social guidelines, social distancing guidelines. I'm at a loss at how the town of Southampton could be issued a permit for such an event, how they believed it was legal and not obvious public threat. In their response, um, some people who were at the chain smokers gig said that the there was barriers and restrictive boundaries inside the pit, which is where the videos that were shot showed. They said they had an amazing time and we hope to see more events like this. That's the chain smokers causing a ruckus. Who who would you risk going to see? Um, Right now... Like the Beastie Boys it, is obvious. But. Yeah, but I can't even do that, you know? Yeah. So like in, in real life, I'd probably just wait. I probably just, yeah. I just want to go to a club. I just want to go to a club. Um, oh, and, I don't. And have a dance. like a safe like in a safe way like I want the experience like I'm not saying in reality I want that experience of being in a club without having to worry about the the uh, COVID stuff I'd like to be um, like quite close to the barrier at some kind of like heavy guitar based bands concert Maybe like a girl band gig or something like that. I think that's... Oh, that'd be good. Like I have that. to say that the track they released last week, even though Amygdala, just a minute and 34 mm. seconds of it, uh, recorded live in Bricker, Vic, in Bricker Street. Uh, Vicker Street uh, last year really brought me back to those gigs and how brilliant they were yeah. and how much I miss gigs again. But I do, I do, we have reasons to be cheerful this week. Yeah, um, we do. I'm going to ask you what your reason to be cheerful is first. Okay, mine's not music related. Um, okay. It relates to the Emmys, and so we 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 haven't picked the same one now. No. Okay. No. Great. Um. So all of my lovely Succession boys and my one Succession girl were all nominated for Emmys, and so we're talking for lead roles. Logan and Kendall are both nominated, and then for supporting actor, Greg, Tom, and um, Kieran Culkin's character. Uh, what's his name? Um, Roman Romulus, um, Roman, <laughs> yeah, but it's short for Romulus. Yeah, His yeah, father yeah. calls him Romulus, um, and I was just really happy about that because I, you know, just recently got into Succession, and I think it's really good. And uh, I actually think the Emmys lists this year are really, really strong. Um, and Watchmen got a load of nominations as well, which I was chuffed about. Um, so I was just like, yeah, my my lads, and then uh, Sarah Snook is uh, nominated for uh, Best Supporting Act- Actress as well. So. Very good. That's my reason Very to be cheerful. Good. And then I saw I saw a headline oh. that was like, Kieran Cul- Culkin says he'll punch Nicholas Braun in the balls if Succession co-star beats him for an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> that made me smile. <laughs> well, funny enough, um, my reason to be cheerful is also Succession related. It, no, no, uh, no. I don't. I don't want to hear it. I'm not. I'm not listening to it. I'm not. I'm not oh, doing it. I'm not doing on. it. No, no. Don't play it for me. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I no. Oh, you can't. No, no, no. Listen, no. Andrea. Just sorry. Just tell, to say. tell, tell the listener what it is, and I'll, I'll leave the okay. room, and you can play it for them. But I'm not. I'm not. You can't. 
You can't make a tomlet without breaking a few grapes, <laughs> no. okay? I'm not, I don't like when actors make music. I don't. I don't. I, I hate it. In, in it, okay. So for context here, uh, Nicholas Braun, who is cousin Greg, I knew you do this. I'm so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Has a uh, a jokey song. It's a joke song, so it's is it? okay. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's a joke song. It's called Antibodies, Do You Have the Parentheses? Um, <laughs> and it's all about the desperate search for love in the COVID era. And uh, the lyrics include, if you come within six feet, it's mask on, mask on, mask on. <laughs> but if you got b- antibodies, it's pants off, pants off, pants off. <laughs> So this all came from uh, Nicholas Braun's Instagram, where he was just like, I got an idea for a song. And he said it over Instagram. And then all of these other people uh, who were following him started making the song. And then an A&R got in touch and was like, let's make the song. And he's like, okay. So now he's made the song. Okay. So are you going to leave the room? I'm not going to listen to it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Come on, it's episode 100, right? Hey yes. guys, it's me, Nick. I've got this song idea. Maybe other people might want to do the music for it. The lyrics are kind of set. They are set. Okay, so it goes. Do you have the antibodies? I want a girl whose blood's got the stuff I want a girl who's safe That's my reason to be fearful is that I, I, I won't like the music of the actor who plays a character that I love and then it will stop me loving the character I obey the rules Now I'm ready to break them on you No more sending nudes If you come within six feet Mask on, mask on, mask on, mask on. But if you got antibodies, it's pants off, pants off, pants off, pants off. Do you have the antibodies? Do you want to be with me? Do you have the antibodies? Because if you don't, you better. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I listened. I listened. Very good, Nicholas. Best look at the Emmys. Well done. Well done on your new song. I just, it's like, just to, I guess to explain, I just, I form like extreme parasocial relationships with fictional characters and the actors who play them. So when they step out and do something earnest in another, especially music, I find it really, really, really difficult to listen to their music. I think the only person whose music I've taken that risk and press play on and was rewarded was the guy who plays Steve in Stranger Things. I listened to his album and it's really great. It's actually really good. I would have liked it anyway. Um, someone who should be making music. That's my link. Or someone who is is making music is Taylor Swift. <laughs> who, who's our album of the week this week. 100 episodes. We're really nailing it. Um, yes, it is time for our album of the week. It is from uh, Taylor Swift. It is called Folklore, surprise released last week, uh, produced by Aaron Desner, mostly, and with Jack Antonoff as well. What song would you like to hear first? Um, What what, what was the single on it? Cardigan. Yeah, let's hear Cardigan. When... I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed. You put me on and said I was your favorite. 
All right, that was Taylor Swift. The album is called Folklore, the eighth studio album. Largely produced uh, during lockdown in quarantine uh, while she was in her house over remote recording with Aaron Desner and a whole cast of musicians who he mostly brought in and then also Jack Antonoff. There are 16 tracks on this. Uh, it's an hour, 63 minutes long. Uh, Jack Antonoff works on one, two, three, four... I think six songs on this and then the rest are basically all uh, Aaron Desner of The National. It was a bit of a surprise, I guess, for a lot of people that this even existed. Um, No one had really put two and two together in terms of the idea that Taylor Swift might be working with one of The National. So where do we start with it? I mean, it's kind of, it was billed as a folky album. It's, it's, folk-ish I guess the album uh the album's seriousness is kind of telegraphed by the uh imagery on the front cover black and white in the woods uh all of that kind of stuff um does it bear witness to that kind of idea is it is this an intimate folk album that we that a lot of critics I would say have been expecting from Taylor for a long long time they've been wanting this from her how do you think uh what are your what were your first impressions of it um, so I suppose to, to the question, is this a folk album? Um, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's a, ta- it's very much a Taylor Swift album. Um, and I was hugely relieved by that. Um, I don't, I don't need more, um, folk music, but what, what I do want to see is, is Taylor moving forward in, into a different direction for her that isn't, you know, she's not, She's not swerving completely here. A lot, a, a lot of critics will kind of have you believe that she has completely overhauled her sound and that this is, you know, this is the folk album. This is like the big, it's the most personal she's ever written. All, all of these things kind of keep coming up and up again, or time and time again. But I don't, I don't actually think that, I, I, I think that this is probably, if, if you really sat down with, what she's been doing with her records since the beginning, but in particular since maybe like Red 1989, this this makes complete sense for her to to be going this way. You know, like she's not, especially at at the time in which she was recording it. Um, the why why would you create stadium pop bangers um, if there aren't going to be any stadiums to play them in? Uh, it, it's it's it make it makes complete sense that she would kind of turn a little bit more quote-unquote introspective and quote-unquote serious um with with this record and i yeah you can't you can't tour so why not Uh, like it's actually very smart in terms of business sense as well as musical and obviously everyone knows like taylor swift is known for her business acumen as well um Mm. and and also like it, it isn't the kind of album that she would have toured probably so a perfect time to release it yeah i i i think so um and I think that there is, I mean, you, you mentioned that it's, it's 63 uh, minutes long and it's, it's 16 songs. Um, and that's, that's long, you know, it's, and it, it is probably too long. Um, there's, there is a bit of trimming that could have been done to this, um, which is usually the case of most albums over 12, 13 songs anyway. Um, I mean, I think the, the last pop release that I've really loved that was over 12 songs was Lana Del Rey's last record. And that was, thir- that was 13 songs. Um, and it, it, it kind of didn't feel it, you know what I mean? Um, whereas I think six, 16 songs is a lot. Um, oh, now, and I, I will also say that of the songs I would trim, um, there's, there's not a bad song on this record. Um, 
but not every song is essential. Um, and I think that many of these could have been B-sides. Um, I think I think we also said something similar about, about the Haim album, um, where it seems that pop, pop stars are making the decisions now to include everything on, on an album, um, as opposed to kind of really get into the essence of it and uh and and trying to whittle it down a little bit having said that i think that's probably my only criticism um because i i actually think that this is a a very very strong move for taylor i think that um the the aesthetic the drop and the rollout of this album pointed to you know that that kind of seriousness, but I I think Taylor is anything but on this. I th- I think she's being incredibly playful, um, and incredibly creative with um language and storytelling. And we know that we know already that she's a, she's a brilliant songwriter, um, but I think here she's really just like it's not it's not a dour record it's not it's not really a sad record it's it's a record that it really invites you to kind of pour over lyrics and um and she's starting to kind of land the, those turns of phrases a lot better than she did on say reputation like i think that there is that the step away from that reactionary like acrimony of reputation and then there there is a shift towards the more acoustic guitar driven elements of lover as well as the kind of storytelling stuff of um her early country albums um and you know we d- we don't need another 1989 so it's just i i i think if if you take some if you take a song like um mad woman on this i think that that is a really it's really interesting to track that song which is about um sexism and the way that the world views certain types of women to track that song back to a song like look what you made me do there's there's just so much more kind of um growth and maturity not not so much even like it like yes in in the in the in the stance that she's taking on that and in the kind of in what the message is that she's saying but also there's a growth there in that it's a, like these are better songs than the songs that are on Re- reputation i think um um yeah okay that's that that's my initial thought before I I I go in and any deeper on this what where 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 are you landing Um well I think we've talked before uh, when we reviewed Lover I talked about how there's a certain aspect to the music of the likes of Taylor Swift which is mostly American uh, pop music which has this kind of brash earnest uh, sound to it brash big melodies in your face melodies not lacking subtlety and maybe just the turn of phrasing is 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 quite jarring when you're not around it all the time and i definitely don't think there's there's a lot less of that here and that kind of does also suggest some element of uh, maturity in terms of songwriting not that she wasn't a good songwriter already but uh, it's it is an interesting idea that she would get in touch with the Nationals Aaron Desner to ask uh, him to produce an album for her. Um, Do you think that overall on this album that collaboration works? I do yeah I I, I think they've worked really well together here Um, because you you listen through it and I, I don't think it's 
I don't think his presence here is that jarring. I think that if we didn't know, and if it wasn't a huge part of the marketing rollout of this album, if we didn't know that this was her folk album that was produced with members of the National, Bonnie Bear is on it. Um, I, I, I don't know if we would have noticed it um, or if, if it would have been as big a deal. I, I don't think that the, the, the change in direction that she's had is as swift as people think um, it has been. Okay, well, there's a lot of songs on here to look at from the other side, coming from like the people who have been talking about, oh, I'd never listened to Taylor Swift before, now I'm listening to their, because the National are involved with somebody from the National as well. There are a lot of similarities in terms of musical uh, references and sounds and tones here between this and the National. Like, uh, for example, I play you just this. This is the start of Cardigan. Vintage tea, brand new phone, high heels on. Okay, and here's the start of Light Years by The National. Yeah, I had a feeling you did this. And it's interesting from like from somebody like myself who's probably more familiar with the national hearing those kind of things in she sounds great singing these songs and she sounds like it's it totally suits her and if anything like of the 16 that are here i feel like the jack antonoff ones are the ones that suffer the most um overall there's the ones in the in the middle of the album from tracks five to eight some of them don't really work that well like mm-hmm. my tears ricochet uh, Mirrorball is fine. Um, the Desner's on uh, does seven August. I'm not not a big fan of that one. There's a lot of very um, I don't know. They feel like songs about uh, like that would soundtrack a nice TV show closing number. Kind it's of thing. interesting that you um, say that um, because one of them August Cardigan and Betty are all um, what she what Taylor calls the. Um, love story trilogy is that what it's called the um yeah, te- yeah. teenage love so triangle trilogy songs. so they're they're um three three songs which are which follow three characters or a story of yeah. um infidelity uh, from three different perspectives and from three different points in time which i actually love uh, and i don't know if i'd love august as much if it hadn't been for like for for its position with sure. those other two, but I I loved that and I really really like the the the, the references that she is peppering throughout those three songs. The cobblestones we actually heard somebody walking on cobblestones at the beginning of the clip that you played there. The cardigan obviously, the car summer you know just all of these kind of um, th- thematic sprinklings that that you 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 think back and you're like. Oh, that's she mentioned something about that earlier, and then you kind of, you know, put put it together, and and you've got this, uh, you've got this story, um, and I think that that's like she's written three chapters of a book there in in three decent, you know, um, alt pop songs, uh, which which I, I I I just think is lovely. I think it's really really lovely, and I think it's her really flexing those songwriting muscles, like. I I think you know when when I was listening to Betty, for instance, like 
I had my hand over my mouth. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like he's, he's going to the party. And it was like, it was like, uh, the, the feeling you get when you listen to love story. Like she's, she's really, really good at kind of put, putting aside any, um, like any worry that she's going to come across as corny and just kind of actually in, in a way leaning into it. I mean, B- Betty has a, um, a key change uh, at the end when you know when the end of the story is revealed and I just I just once I kind of gave myself over to that and to the kind of the lyrics of those three songs I found myself coming back to the three of them and and thinking about them and thinking about those characters a lot um which I found really surprising I I I actually Mirrorball is uh, a song that I think um, is an example of Taylor sometimes over explaining her metaphors. Um, and I, I, I found a lot of that on reputation. I found, I found a little bit on lover and I think that Mirrorball could have been, could have been better. Uh, I'm disappointed it isn't because I, I, I quite like it sonically, but I think yeah, that. I think just when the, all those songs come together in the, uh, from tracks five, they, they kind of drag a little bit for me. Mm. Um, and, and then this is me trying, which is funny. Like for me is like, I would have thought that's an Aaron Desert song. It's actually a gigantic off song. Yeah. Cause I can imagine, I can imagine, I can imagine Matt Berger singing that song. It's a song about regret and drinking whiskey. And I'm like, hello, yeah. it's a national song, but it's not. Um, so it's interesting just to note the differences musically, uh, just leaving aside lyrics for a second. Okay. Well, will we play a bit of August then just to give you an idea. Okay, that was August. Um, I have a number of questions to ask you then about this record because I'm interested to hear what your answers are to them. What has most surprised you about this record? What has most surprised me about this record? Um, It's not cynical and it it it's way more of a Taylor Swift record than I thought it was going to be going in. I, I went in expecting Taylor Swift doing an impression of a folk artist and um, thank God that's not what I got. I, I just I just got a really decent Taylor Swift album within a really long Taylor Swift album. But um, yeah, what what surprised me is how how easily she has fit in with um with those two different quite distinct distinctly different producers and how it still manages to feel like one um one piece um one consistent sort of sound mm. um how do you find the um Bonnie Ver, Justin Vernon collaborations here, mostly uh, Exile is the main one. I think it, it's a wonderful song. Sometimes it does feel like it arrives a bit early in the album when I'm listening to it because he just he's such a strong vocal and she's the only other vocalist on the album, really. And so it is an interesting, but I love the uh, like the duet nature of it with mm. them both answering uh, each other or, or responding to each other's statements. 
Yeah, I definitely think it's one it's one of the best on the record. Probably like it was it was the song that I immediately assumed was going to be my favorite. Like when I first listened through the whole album, I was like, yeah, it's it's the Bonnie Bear track that really stands out for me. And I think it probably is uh, at the moment my favorite, but I have a feeling that the more time I spend with this album that might change. Um I think I think it's a fantastic example of just a good old-fashioned duet done well. Um doesn't come across as corny, doesn't come across as, you know, cheesy. Um, and I think that it's a, it has a really quite a strong vocal melody in it as well. Um, that's another thing. She's, her her melodies in, in, in her vocals throughout this record are really, really strong. There's there's kind of less, a little bit less of that kind of staccato, ba 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 kind of thing Definitely, that, she, that yeah. she was doing again around about the time of reputation can you tell that i really didn't like reputation as an album um <laughs> but there's there is less of that and there's less of that kind of sneer which which i love when she does it right or i love when she does it kind of knowingly but it's a it's a much more earnest album um and i think um to answer your question about the bonnie bear track uh, i love it i really really love it well let's hear a bit of that then seen this film before and I didn't like the ending I'm not your problem anymore so who am I offending now you are my crown now I'm in exile seeing you out I think I've seen this film before so I'm leaving out the side door so step right out Yeah, it's a song um, that has quite a high emotion to it. I think the duet works really well. Um, the interesting part as well, just like a separate thing, but um, did you see that um, whole thing about the credit uh, for this produced? There's two songs on this album uh, that are credited uh, to uh, William Bowery as well. And uh, no one really knows who it is. It's quite intriguing. Um, of course, fans are speculating that it's Harry Styles, who is her ex, and then why like, would it song, be Harry Styles? Exile, exile, because something to do with that, oh. or because you know, like, or it's Ed Sheeran. But the funny thing was, Aaron Desner was asked about this, and uh, he doesn't really know who it is either. So that's kind of why uh, he just says, "It might when be he's Taylor. Asked, it might just be her." Like, well, he just says, "No, no, no." I don't. When asked if Barry is an alias, I mean, I don't know. She didn't tell me there was a cardigan video until literally it came out, and I wrote the song with her, so I donn't know. But I'm pretty sure he's an actual songwriter. There you go. <laughs> so apparently she loves a bit of mystery, so that's it. She so does. he apparently wrote uh, Betty uh, and uh, Exile as well, uh, whoever William Bowery is. And uh, yeah, there's. Uh, let's talk a bit about the um, the idea here of. So in terms of how does this stack up to you, or how can you see a true line between this and Lover, for example? Yeah, yeah, I, d- I definitely can. I, I can kind of see the I suppose the glean being taken away from Lover but she she was definitely a bit more um retrospectively 
like retro looking at things like she was looking a bit more to the past on lover in terms of the style of music that, that that she was making and then here i think she's doing a similar thing but she's just looking for inspiration in different places like she's you can tell she's definitely been listening to a lot of folk music um a lot of music that kind of prioritizes storytelling um and i just think that when she puts her mind to a theme um she tends to do it well most of the time um i i think this is a better record than lover um yeah um it's it's her best since 1989 i think it's just it's such a shame it's so long like it really (laughs) is Okay, well, let's talk, let's talk about the negatives before we go into the overall positives then. Mm. Um, what songs would you take off of this album? Oh, God. Because I would probably take off uh, my Tears Ricochet uh, 7 and then Hoax at the end. I, don't, I feel like that just is one song too many, especially because I can, I can find the other songs have merit, but I find like when you get to Hoax, you're like, uh, I'm all right. Mm. <laughs> I don't really need it. Mm. Um and while there's some others that I don't really love, but, you know, if you're talking about turning this into a, a 10 tracker, I'd probably take off the Antonoff ones in general other than August and then uh, maybe Hoax and Epiphany is nice, but, you know, I don't know if it needs I, to be there. I, I think you got to have Epiphany in there for it, for it to be an album of its time. Um, in terms of oh, like yes, singing, singing about the pandemic and and, and that, I think you gotta yeah. have that in and there. Then, I, I I actually yeah, quite like that song. That, yeah, actually, I do like it, and I have to say, like, there's a lot the orchestration on that, the production and arrangements on that. It's so many people like this. You know, we got mellotron, a trombone, a trumpet, cello, got a bit of everything on in there. Um, it is lovely. It is a lovely song. It's it's the biggest song on the record. I put it. I put it in the middle. Right, yeah, maybe it should be somewhere else in the track listing as opposed to completely off the track listing. Mm. Is there anything else you'd remove or take off I'd, there? I'd keep the one cardigan, Last Great American Dynasty, Exile, My Tears Ricochet, 7 August, Mad Woman Epiphany, Betty. At the moment. Um, now, granted, those are the songs that um, I've listened to most when I'm like, when I find myself going back to the album, yeah, those are the ones I kind of go back now, to, and maybe I haven't spent enough time with maybe some of the some of the later ones to fully fully grasp them just yet. But I'm interested in seeing what you think of this song, "Invisible String," because I think it's uh, wonderful. Cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Now I send their babies presents Gold was the color of the leaves when I showed you around Centennial Park Hell was the journey but it brought me heaven Time, wondrous time, give me the blues and then purple pink skies And it's cool
So that song, Invisible Strings. Did I include that, that I... in my track listing there? Because I meant no. to. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, right, that's okay. that's going on my my album. Yeah, I think it's just a wonderful song. I think it's and it's kind of. I think it was what I was kind of expecting more from this album. Perhaps mm. do you know it, what I, mean? I think it's quite Sufjan sound, sounding. I mean, as soon yeah, as, it is. It totally as soon is. as I heard those opening bars uh, of those like plucked strings, I was like, oh, this is this is very Mystery of Love um, by Sufjan, which I I did not hate at all. Um, uh, I thought, oh, I oh, was, obviously, yeah. I it, I I enjoy her within that sound. Um, yeah, no, it sounds really you know? good. That's what I'm saying. Like, even when the songs sound a bit nationally. Um, you know, she's well able mm. to do that, and she's fully. She doesn't sound out of place in any mm. way. And there's, not that I, she would, I, I like think maybe album. there's the odd time where it clashes a little bit, and it 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 wouldn't be a whole song. It might just be maybe how she sings a certain turn of phrase or her particular vo- vocalization of a certain phrase. Um, can from time to time. I th- I think. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm still thinking about Mirrorball, but it can from time to time sound like she's singing over a pop track, but it, there's a different track being played underneath. Um, I get. Oh, well, maybe yeah, that's a case yeah. of and uh, that's you know it's wor- words maybe and phrases. Too much production not, as yeah, well. Yeah, it's not it's not entire songs definitely, but there there are sometimes when I'm like, oh yes, this is Taylor Swift. Like, don't forget that this is Taylor Swift, the pop star. Um, and actually, I think that. Um, when she kind of experiments with her vocals a bit um, throughout it, I I really really enjoy that because I think we've heard her sing the same way for for quite a few pop albums. Um, so it's it's nice to hear her kind of stretch her vocals a bit and um, not not in terms of like belting anything out, but just trying trying new techniques, maybe singing a little bit yeah. headier or hitting higher notes or hitting lower notes, and just kind of getting a bit out of her comfort zone, which is nice. What about the, you know, the idea that maybe there's more mature songwriting going on in terms of like just by nature of somebody who's getting older, you know, she's not necessarily writing about teenage Romeo and Juliet love anymore all the time. Oh, but she is. And she wrote, she wrote of, three songs about teenage love. No, but she, yeah, I know, but not all the time. I mean, sure. like there's a line on Invisible Strings where uh, she said, uh, cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys that broke my heart. And now I send their babies presents. You know, I, I think that's just a, a lovely underpinning of somebody who's aging and who has had partners and just somebody who's grown up and has experienced life. And I think it's a really, there's a lovely, there's some few lovely moments like that, which there's a, there's a line on this is me trying, which is my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. Um, which is, I, I read that as being about the kind of reputation era clapping back in the press about things and you know uh, writing an album about people who have wronged her Um, and I thought that that showed maturity but I mean in terms of you know being a more mature songwriter do do anything for as long as she's done it and you like you're bound to get better and better but I think that she has always she has always been one of music's best songwriters like not you know and she's proven time and again that she can write um obviously amazing pop music um but she's also writing very comfortably in country she's writing very comfortably in whatever lover was um and then she's writing here very comfortably in this more folk americana 
very he- heavily story driven uh, k- kind of genre. So I think like she's just she's getting better and better. And now it's really nice to see her trying new things. Um, and it's not it's not any kind of reinvention. She's not reinvented Taylor Swift. She's just, you know, she put a jumper on and took a picture in the woods. Like it's not it's it's not that different to what you're going to be expecting going in, you know, uh, which I like. And with that, she created Cottagecore Chamber Pop. Uh, <laughs> I basically hate all of the like talk around this album. I've just I've just removed myself. You hate from the it. discourse. It's been, it's been really toxic okay. online. But um, as it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Talk, talk about it off mic. I don't want to okay. bore the listeners. Overall, then, I mean, going into this, you didn't know where it was going, where it was going to land. Um, you're saying this is the best album she's made since 1980. Yeah, but I like. I mean, I'm saying that as someone who really didn't like Reputation and wasn't that taken by Lover. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's as good as 1989 or any, or an, anything of the sort. But um, I, I was disappointed by her most like by her two most recent albums and this one I was really pleasantly surprised um with how how much I've enjoyed it and yeah I think overall there's there's a couple of really excellent songs in here there's a good few good songs and there's a few that maybe should have been b-sides but that's the way pop music is right now so um yeah I'd I would recommend if people don't like Taylor Swift but they like you know the national and stuff like that it would it would probably be quite interesting to those people to hear Taylor Swift kind of her her take on this style of music because I I actually think it works really well and it's really nice to see Swifties online um thinking that Justin Vernon's first name is Bone um <laughs> that his name is Bonnie Bear um or Bon Iver uh that, that's really sweet and I, I I like to think that there's now a lot of like tweeny Swifties going and listening to 22 a million for the first time it's worlds colliding um pick a song first there to to close out our album um to close it out I I quite like this is me trying did we do that so this is this is me trying from Taylor Swift's folk Right, that was our album of the week, Taylor Swift's Folklore. Of course, it is one that I'm sure you will be listening to for much uh, more uh, in the next coming weeks because it is uh, there's a lot to get mm. into. The sixteen and I, th- I think it is a grower. If you don't like it the first time, I'd say give it a few more. Yeah, listens. I spent a lot of the week listening to it. I found a lot of uh, things to hold on to here, so uh, I will probably be going back to it myself. So yeah, that's Taylor Swift Folklore. Okay, time for songs of the week now. We're gonna hold up. Oh, you have a can and and you're about to open it and so there's a um 
a popular sparkling water with alcohol brand who everyone's been talking I, about. I believe it's called a seltzer. A se- yes, yes, an alcoholic seltzer. This is um, natural lime flavor. I haven't tried these yet and I'm going to try it. Um, okay, live on air. Now. Live on air. This is our, uh, <laughs> starting a new podcast segment, trying drinks on, on, on air. She's taking a sip. She's looking nonplussed. Genuinely the most underwhelming experience. Yes. Of my entire life. I saw somebody describe this brand as um, like drinking the static on your TV while someone yells the name of a fruit at you from the next room. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's pretty odd. Uh, It's fine. It's not wild. It just reminds me of those um, flavored waters um, that you used to get that were like everywhere for a while. Those like Ballygowan ones. Yeah. yeah. You're like, why would I drink them when I can just drink mm. water? Um, and I feel yeah. the same about seltzers. So yeah. there we are. And that was oh, wow. uh, the end of our new segment. Trying new things with Dre. <laughs> okay. Time for um, songs of the week. We're yeah, talk f- about some songs. Our first song is from Fia Moon. It is called XX. was Fia Moon song is called XX uh, Dre I believe you picked this song this week so uh, tell me I did um, little banger yeah really, I really really like it um, she uh, Fia Moon is a um, Irish kind of I don't know what would you say like uh, R&B or, R&B yeah. pop um, extremely catchy extremely playable um, does remind me a lot of Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey which okay. I'm not not uh angry about at all because uh, that's a great song um and yeah i just i literally just heard heard it on a playlist and um i'd been meaning to check i've seen fia moon kind of around on you know twitter and i've seen people kind of talking about her and um i've never actually just gone and listened to her uh so i was really nicely surprised when i looked to see what i was listening to because i really liked it and saw it was her so yeah i think it's yeah she- yeah absolute banger and she's like She's she's just kind of seems like a star in waiting, which is really exciting because we've got we've got a few of them here now, and it's like any day. Yeah, she's <laughs> it's been, all gonna kick off. She's great. We've had her play another nine gig back when the, we were able to do gigs uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, she's a great song called "Water Runs Through," and then even earlier this year, "Better Days." There's a, a a hook in that that's been that's warmed its way into my brain over the last few months. And uh, XX is another one. It does definitely this reminds me more of the kind of that moody R and B that uh, Banks does um that kind of style it's like a little bit electronic a little bit r&b very pop as well uh but yeah it's a really nice song and and uh production on it is very very nice 
Now, yeah, our next song is from Angel Olsen, who has a new album out uh, at the end of August. It's called Whole New Mess, and the song is also called Whole New Mess. Getting back on track, getting back on track, when it all fades to black, I'll be getting back on track, back to my Okay, that was Angel Olsen. Song is called "Whole New Mess." Um, as promised, when she released uh, "All Mirrors" last year, um, that there would be an album uh, coming out, a kind of companion album uh, to "All Mirrors," and this is kind of it. Uh, so basically, "Whole New Mess" it was recorded separately to "All Mirrors," but features nine of the uh, same songs, nine of the eleven songs of this album, are also share. Uh, ideas and sketches and lyrics with um all mirrors i think when we reviewed all mirrors we were weren't really that into it at all i used to i no i i i really liked it you were uh, i we, wasn't i wasn't yeah yeah, yeah I, we, I just, we disagreed on it i never went back to it and uh yeah. I, i've struggled with it but i think you know i've always found like i, I love when angel Olsen does this kind of strip back simplicity uh she's so amazing at it and like this whole album seems to be her and her guitar uh, recorded in an old church, which was converted into a studio by Mount Erie's Phil Elbrum and producer Nicholas Wilbur in a small town of in Washington. All of those things make me happy. Like yeah. all of the words you just said there are like tick, 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 tick <laughs> yeah, for me. So um, apparently the recording process would just start with them going to get coffee in a local bookstore and, uh, you know, having a bit of a browse and then going and recording an album. So uh, that's what herself <laughs> and producer Michael Harris did. There was a very good, did you watch the Jimmy Fallon uh, video of this, which is uh, equally, I mean, there's a music video that came out yesterday, but also the Fallon one is great. It's very intense and it's suitably intense okay. for this kind of song. Uh, this is the opening track on the album. Um, so this is one of the one of the two uh, tracks on the album that is uh, an, a different one than what appeared on All Mirrors. So uh, the opening and mm-hmm. closing tracks uh, bookend the album and they are both new to us. So that's mm-hmm. why I added this song to Songs of the Week this week. Yeah, I um, while I liked All Mirrors, I'm really, really, really happy to hear this sound from her. I think that she does her best work um, in this. The lyrics in this song are really, really stunning. Um, and she just... I no one else does this kind of like murky drowsy um really heavy sounding um kind of fuzzy sound like the way she does and even though you've got all of these layers of of fuzz over her vocals and it's all it's all quite static much like a a white claw if you will um it's like her that voice just can't help but breakthrough and um and just sound like one of the most interesting and unique voices that I've ever heard um I absolutely adore her I, I love this song I cannot wait to hear um 
to hear this album. I'm so excited that's out so soon as well. Great. As uh, same myself as someone who prefers probably like the 2017 follow up uh, phases to the actual album mm. Your Woman overall as an album. I'm, I'm yeah, me I'm, too. I'm actually, more excited. I would go back to that more often than I would go back to the uh, album that came before Your Woman. So uh, or my woman um mm-hmm. so uh yeah i really you're one you're one really looking forward to that woman. all right our third track of the week is from alvaretti it is called between your teeth Okay, that was Alvaretti's song is called Between Your Teeth. This is the second song we've heard from uh, Alvaretti's forthcoming album, debut album, which we found out today has been released on Friday, October 2nd. It is called Personal History. Uh, we, we, did we discuss Time Difference, the last song that she had out on the podcast? Uh, it's very good. Um, it's a very good mm. song and this is another very good song um, I really like the production on this it's very clean and crisp but without being too clean and crisp um, and mm-hmm. I believe um, it is Tommy McLaughlin and a producer called Erland uh, Erland Cooper um, so produced by both of those um, and as well she actually announced a gig for October 2nd in the Workman's Club fair play to you um, I hope that will works out for for you by October. I hope there's gigs back. We'll see. Yeah, um, me too. But you were going to pick this song C- as well. See, so- Matt is playing in October as well. And I'm just like, I really hope I get to go to these gigs. <laughs> um, yes, I, I also um, just missed out on submitting this uh, song. But um, yeah, just a really lovely little indie tune, isn't it? Lo- lovely melody. Like, like you said, I really like that clean and crisp production. I think her voice sounds great. Um, I think that she's got a really good handle on on this style of music. So I'm really excited to kind of hear what this sounds like as an album. Um, I think she's so it's it is weird to think that she had that this is going to be her debut because I feel like I've been listening to her for a while. Um, so it's it's quite, you know, and it's an it's an anticipated release um in a year of a lot of anticipated releases from um Irish artists, particularly Irish women actually. Um so yeah, really excited for this. I think this is really really promising yeah it seems like she is hitting her stride just as the album is coming out so that's the right place Mm. to right uh situation to be releasing your debut album in i'd say Uh, okay our final track of this week is a spoken word track i don't know what's going on with spoken word at the moment it's all the rage for some reason uh we've had uh we have a lana del rey spoken word album this week which neither of us has heard in full it is on Audible, that's why. I don't know if I'd be, I, I had a quick listen to a track. I'm not sure if I'd be into it. I think I'm going to read it. I think she, it's either released or she's going to release it as a, like a book of poetry. I think I'll probably, I prefer to do that, I think. Yeah, that seems more your vibe, I would say. Yeah. 
So this is Soak with uh, in collaboration with Saint Sisters Gemma Doherty, and then the there's an accompanying visual uh, which was conceived by Elias Grace, and this is I'm Alive. The that paralyzes like a surprise embrace, and I just stand there, stunned and laughing with a stupid look on my face. I grant myself permission to wake up. I tug the blue bread from my ears and hold hands with my depression. Acting like a transplant patient, testing out new eyes, looking at life as if it were the first time. And it's hard to believe the scene. I'm wide-eyed by the window, in awe at the wonder of simply being. Clouds paint temporary arts on the world's ceiling, and my one-bed apartment feels like a coliseum. For a moment, I can exhale every mistake I've ever made to create space for lessons I've not learned yet. Sugar rush is like a high to soak up the bitterness in me. At full capacity, I feel pretty, but in a handsome way. When she comes home from work, so does I'm alive from Soak and Saint Sisters Gemma Doherty. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not really sure where this came from, other than it seemed to be Elias Grace came with the idea uh, specifically for an antidote to anxiety. I guess you know, with uh, people having their uh, lives made smaller in the last uh, six months uh, seven months then you know it makes sense that a lot of people are looking for ways to deal and cope with their uh, anxiety when the anxiety becomes much larger in a smaller when you're in a closed space and um, so soak says grace came to her with the idea of uh, this an antidote to anxiety which led to writing a poem based on finding beauty in the mundane and then uh, doherty then wrote this musical score and Keen McKenna shot the accompanying video. This came out today and not really, I think it's just a once off really, just something that happened as a result of mm. close collaborators talking to each other more than anything else. I really love this. I, I found this really moving. Um, I listened to it while I was kind of out walking and I was like properly floored by it. I really, really love it. Um, nice to see a little reference to uh Tinseltown in the rain by the Blue Nile ah, in there. Yes. You don't hear people reference that very often. Um, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I encourage people to listen to the whole piece. Um, it's not very long, two, two or three minutes or something, but um, it's, it's delivered really beautifully. Um, the, uh, the poem itself is really like, yeah, it's properly kind of hopeful. Um, I, I love that line that we just heard, heard there, which says, I, I feel pretty in a handsome way. I uh, just think that that's, it's really there's a lot of really beautiful turns of phrases in it and um and yeah like, crucially in in you know this kind of performed poetry the score never overpowers it 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 lifts it and um and kind of creates a little world for it to exist within um yeah i really love this i like really recommend people go and listen to it and very good feel, feel a little bit better for a minute yeah, yeah, it's a, a a surprise, another surprise release we got this week, which was mm-hmm. nice. Um, so uh, what else have we been doing? What have you been listening to? Have you did you pay attention to any of the Mercury Prize uh, albums? That, uh, the announcement last week. No, I saw uh, what what's that band? What are they called? Oh, they write about like middle class sports or team. middle England. Yes, yeah, I saw they got nominated, and I was like, I haven't actually heard that band's name in so long. I'd never heard. Um, I'd never. I'd never seen a picture of them until I had to mm. have a look at it. They're not a very good band. So yeah, that was very surprising. Don't uh, no, be. I actually, I kind of just missed the whole the whole thing about the Mercury Prize. Um, 
Yeah, it's it was literally the only thing that was happening last week in music, so uh, I was paying attention to it. Uh, I'm very happy to see Dua Lipa's album up there because it deserves to be on it. George is seeking thrills, uh, Charlie XCX. Um, Anna Meredith's on it, Laura Marling's on it, um, a band called Porridge Radio, which is a terrible band name, but apparently the album's quite nice. I'm really glad. The, the album's great. Is it? Probably that Porridge, album, uh, Porridge Radio album's well, really good. I have to, I've made a playlist of all of those albums, so I am going to go listen to them properly at one point. Yeah. Um, and then Moses Boy. If you Dark liked uh, that band last week that I, uh, that I chose, um, the kind of punky uh, band from LA, uh, what were they called? Um, Illuminati Hotties. Illuminati Hotties, yeah. If you, if you like them, you'll probably like um, Porridge Radio. Okay, cool. Right, so. um, surprised not to see FKA Twigs on there, and uh, mm. but I'm really glad Michael Kiwanuka's album is on that list because it, I would say that gives a really good chance of winning it. Um, but anyway, what else have what have you, else you been watching and listening this week? Um, I finished The Plot Against America, that uh, oh, HBO yeah. Philip Roth uh, series. Uh, it's completely excel- excellent. It's just six episodes uh so you definitely fly through it um but i mean i said what it was last week but if anyone wasn't listening it was a um it's a alternative history uh basically what if what if uh the nazis had won um and it's told from the point of view from uh, of a um a jewish family living in uh newark um and it's really excellent it's one of the best television shows i've ever watched um if you liked the um yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. I And I love a miniseries, do you know? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, written by the guy who wrote The Wire. So you're you're in really safe hands uh, acting in it. Superb as well. Um, and then what else? I've started just kind of watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine again um, because I just want to have one of those shows in my life where I don't have to think very much about it and I've already seen it and it's just really familiar background stuff. Um, so I've been enjoying that. And I ordered the Plot Against America book by Philip Roth and I also ordered his other book, um, American um, Pastoral. Yeah, not very much media this week. It's been a lot of Taylor Swift. Um, I'm going back and listening to... Um, older Taylor Swift albums and those those kind of early country albums as well, which has actually been a lot of fun. Okay, very good. Um yeah, I've uh, it's been Taylor Swift listening mostly or Phoebe Readers I've been listening to a lot. Also Crying Bin, that album Mordecai that came out a few weeks ago. A really lovely summer album. I bought it on vinyl there today and I actually just bought the uh Salt album on vinyl because I feel like that's one worth owning. Um so uh, I did that. Uh I on Monday night I I went to the cinema as we oh, discussed yes. last week. Yes. Uh, You'll have to tell us everything. Now. It was great crack. I mean, it was like the opening night or a reopening night of The Lighthouse. So I went to see The Empire Strikes Back, one of my favorite films. And it turns out I, I didn't realize it, but I'd never seen it in the cinema before. Um, so because my, mm. pa- my dad brought me to see Star Wars uh, in the screen cinema with my sister when I was about six or seven, I'd say, maybe not even. And I'll always remember that. And it would start off my Star Wars obsession. And then uh, when the opportunity came up last week to go back to the cinema, I was like, oh, that'll be a lovely thing to do. And it was actually really nice. Mm. Uh, it didn't feel like it was It was very empty the way that, you know, they're socially distanced. I'd say we were on one row and there was four people, like three seats down, kind of thing mm. but I don't think there was anyone in the row in front of us or below 
behind us at all mm-hmm. so that's how they do it and we were in screen too so it wasn't that many people i'd say it was like 40 or 50 i'm not sure exactly lovely um, but that's it was the dream when you go to the cinema yeah it was really nice i really enjoyed it um just really nice to go be able to go somewhere again that isn't you know yeah. necessarily a pub either so that was really yeah. nice um and i also last night um I noticed that I'd, it was on my list for a while because I'd been thinking about it. I noticed that the uh, No Popcorn podcast were talking about 24-hour party people and control. Mm. So I watched The Former last night because I always had, I always felt like it was really good. And then I wanted to see if it was. It does hold up in in terms of it's like it's a it's a romp about Manchester. Uh, Steve Coogan's great in it. Uh, it's mm. interesting watching people's depictions of the likes of uh, Sean Ryder and uh, Ian Curtis. Um, while some of the uh, film isn't isn't brilliant in terms of how it's shot and uh, set up, but it is quite an enjoyable film about the Manchester music scene. I haven't seen that 90s. since I was in college, I think. It's yeah. been a long time since I've watched 24 Hour Party, Party People. Like Steve Coogan playing Tony Wilson, he's a perfect man to play somebody like that who uh, yeah. St- uh, Tony Wilson seemed to be a very much uh, a larger than life character. Um, he basically narrates the film as Tony Wilson and then the real Tony Wilson's is there at one point, you know what I mean? So it's that kind of stuff. There's a lot of famous uh, Manchester musicians in it as well, but also uh, the depictions of it. I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen it for a long time, as I said, but uh, uh, some of the music in it, like it's particularly when they're in the in factory and you're hearing some of the old house classics that like Dave Haslam and Mike Perking would have played you're like because they're actually in the film as well the DJs uh, mm. that's when I really felt like oh I just love to be in a club I just love to be mm-hmm. there because you know there's a particular feeling of, of of hearing music in a space when other bodies are there and the reverb and the way things you know the vibrations of it and you're like that's what I'm really missing right now so um that's I I lived vicariously through the film in that regard so I really enjoyed it Uh, and that's pretty much it for me I have not I've been I've been taking a break from the Sopranos at the moment um because just am and that's it that's all I'm at that's all I'm at for now so I have a load of films on my on my list to watch, but um, I'm not in any rush to watch them. And oh, yeah. um, the, and because of the Star Wars thing, I was listening to a podcast called Newcomers, which my friend Anna recommended to me, which is basically uh, Lauren Lapkus, uh, comedians Lauren Lapkus and Nicole Boyer had never seen Star Wars. So they watch all of the Star Wars films together. And then uh, do I think they do it in like a very short amount of time and then get a guest in mm-hmm. to discuss it with them. And it's really interesting because they're like the first one, they're just like, I hate this. And then by the <laughs> by the third episode, they're like, I love this. So it's just been interesting, uh, you know, bit of That's cool. fun, I fun Star Wars. Uh, and then obviously it goes into the prequels and everyone's like upset. And so it's like live, re- <laughs> reliving the trauma in real time of of people oh, who are watching gosh. star wars for the first time but it is very yeah. enjoyable and uh, i've been enjoying that so yeah that's my recommendations Good. this week Good. so that's it episode 100 uh, we are done and uh thank you all for for sticking with us uh, for 100 episodes and uh here's to 100 more um yeah so. i'm not not good at being all sappy but uh thanks everyone really nice that you are listening to us 100 episodes in and 
please keep listening to us because we're we're going to keep doing this. We're um, going to keep doing it whether you're listening or not. <laughs> so be nice if you were there. Um, it's nice to have you every week and um, people do get in touch with us and they DM us and we have like this kind of dialogue with some of our listeners, which is uh, I find really enjoyable. Um, so yeah, keep, so keep doing that. Continue to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. That's great. That is our episode 100 down. Uh, we're going to finish. Thank you, Dre. Uh, thank you to the patron subscribers as well for helping us get this way, this far. And uh, we're going to finish with a song from a guy called Faza, who is a, a, a young Irish producer called Luke O'Brien, who had a song out on the Kitsune label in Paris uh, last week. This is called Mirage. Thank you all. See you for 101 next week.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.